Episode 67, Sunday, February 10th, 2013. The Super Bowl is history. Thank God. Hey, stud, it's time for the XJ Talk Show. Now, here's my two favorite boys, Tony and Josh. <laughs> yes, thank God the Super Bowl's over. And here at XJTalkShow.com, well, I guess that's 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 accurate, actually. Um, we hate Christmas, too. Isn't that true, Josh? Well, I don't know. I kind of got into the Christmas spirit uh, this season. Oh, you wuss. <laughs> more than we should have. Uh, Work well, you with know. me here. I want to have... People hating us. <laughs> if they hate us, this is a known proven trick. If they hate the people on the show, they'll call in and complain. And that's interaction. That's ratings, man. No, but uh, seriously, uh, as you guys know, I'm not a big fan of uh, professional sports. I think it's a big sham. I think it's a huge expense, a huge waste of time. And uh, But I do like Christmas. I like Christmas quite, quite a bit. But I'm so glad the Super Bowl is over and done with. Well, I do like the commercials. Uh, this year certainly wasn't the, the best I've ever seen, but not too shabby. And, uh, well, I'm glad that we can get on to other things now. You know, I, uh, I tweeted last week on my personal account that normally I use my uh, DVR, uh, digital video recorder, to uh, watch shows or, or to record the shows. And then I will, while watching the shows, I will skip through the commercials. In fact, it's gotten so bad that I, I will not watch a live show. I don't like to channel flip anymore, look for things. Uh, actually, when I do do that, uh, if I find something that's interesting, as soon as the first commercial group comes on, I go, screw this. I hit the record button, and then I channel skip for the next 15 minutes so I can skip over all the commercials. <laughs> I just go back to it. you know. So, But, but the thing is, somebody in this house, uh, I found out later it was my, uh, my daughter that just had her 18th birthday, uh, she recorded the Super Bowl. And I asked her, in God's name, why? Why did you do that? And she said, I wanted to see the commercials and I went ding, ding, ding. This is great. I will use the DVR in reverse normal use. I will use, use it to not watch the game, but to watch the commercials, the Super Bowl commercials and, and see if I can uh, give it a good rating for the 3.8. What is it? $3.8 million for 30 seconds. Josh, we need to get that kind of advertisement. We would have one show and retire. Done. <laughs> I'm on board. <laughs> Fully. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I got I got into a bit of an early rant. Uh, my name's Tony, and yeah, uh, Josh, and that's Josh, uh, co-host uh, extraordinaire here on XJ Talk, uh, the XJ Talk Show. I keep wanting to say XJTalk.com, and there's a reason for that because uh, that's why we're here. Uh, XJTalk.com is the forum uh, for Jeep Cherokees, the premier forum for Jeep Cherokees. And uh, uh, we do this little talk show uh, so we can pr provide a little more entertainment, show a little more uh, information, or point out the XJ Talk Show uh, and the XJTalk.com website and get a few more people involved in, uh, in this community. Uh, on uh, XJTalk.com, the forum, uh, my little nickname is Motoroy. And uh, I'll tell the interesting story behind that here real quick. Way back when, in my 20s, probably early to mid-20s, uh, I had subscribed to, to what was then the internet, uh, which was a magazine subscription, 
and uh, for, uh, my first four-wheel drive magazine. And uh, I forget exactly how I subscribed. It It must have been through mail, Josh. You know, come to think of it, it was. I had to actually fill something out and mail it in. And then they would take this this uh, words, letters, and stuff like we would normally see on the Internet today with pictures embedded around the words, but it was on paper, combined together in a flexible book, if you will. And they called them magazines. You must have had to do that with those things. What do they call those? Um, uh, envelopes and stamps? Is that I, right? I think this probably was like, it's, uh, you're, and I know you're not familiar with this, it was like a flexible piece of hard paper. And it was like a postcard, if you if you know what a postcard is. Uh, and, and, and you would fill it out, put your name and address and everything in there. So anyway, I wrote my name on there, and all it required was somebody to, to take it. I, I'm sure they probably billed me on my credit card, or I don't, I don't know exactly how that, how I paid for it. Now, uh, I may have actually used an envelope and I actually had to put a paper check in there. It's, it's, this is really wild stuff. I mean, this is almost like the cave drawings and then this happened, but anyway, uh, must be back in the days of the pony express. Uh, cause I mean, it, you're talking, it did uh, smell like language here. It did smell like horses a lot back then. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I, I sent that in and basically I wrote my name and address and, and so on and so forth there. And, and if I wrote up a check, it was on my name and address was on there twice. So, uh, several months later, the magazine showed up and, uh, it was addressed to Tony Motoroy. And I thought that it was kind of humorous that a four wheel drive magazine. And, and in those days, it wasn't rock crawling that I was aware of. It was going out in the mud. So I thought it was kind of humorous that they had put my name down as Motoroy. And that's why I'm Motoroy on xjtalk.com and, uh, N-A-X-J. Uh, a.org and uh, any of the other Jeep sites that I joined. Well, the uh, story behind uh, my handle or my nickname on the site is uh, not quite as fun and interesting. Oh, how uh, could I'm it be? Otherwise known as <laughs> NW99XJ or Northwest 99XJ. And as the, uh, the name may uh, give a hint to you, I live here in the Pacific Northwest up in the state of Oregon and I drive a 99XJ. So it's uh, simple math there. And uh, short and sweet, <laughs> not nearly as entertaining as yours. That's, uh, sorry, man, uh, that goes along with jumbo shrimp and military intelligence. There is no such thing as simple math. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait, I was told there was not going to be any math on this. Wait a minute. <laughs> it just doesn't add up. Um, okay, well, let's see. Uh, I did not do a damn thing with my Jeep this weekend, so I have nothing to bitch about. And, and nothing happened during the week either. Well, I got a little something, um, as many of you may know, and for those who are just joining us, um, over the last uh, month or so, I've had some issues with my front end, and it's um, it's come down to um, a couple of worn tie rod ends, which still have yet to be replaced. Um, I'm working on on uh, putting together a one-ton steering system, and I haven't quite nailed down the exact direction I want to go with that, but I'm, I'm getting a lot closer. Uh, and more so than anything else has been a worn track bar bushing, uh, specifically the lower track bar bushing. And it being uh, less than a year old, I was very surprised to see that uh, being worn out so far. And uh, so I, I contacted Rugged Ridge because I have the uh, the double shear Rugged Ridge uh, adjustable track bar system on there. And um, they were they were very friendly, uh, very courteous, and sent out a replacement straight away. Uh, I obviously had to go through a retailer because they don't sell directly to the public. So uh, everything was done through my local four-wheel parts. Uh, I got the replacement in the mail, um, where actually I had to go pick up the replacement from four wheel parts and the day after another replacement showed up in the mail. 
So they they sent me um they sent me personally one extra because uh, I think that they were they knew that you know this had worn out prematurely and they wanted to to take care of me so uh, so I got two now I got a replacement to uh, to throw in the back of the Jeep and um and I swapped out the the old one for the new one uh, this week and um, and it took care of about fifty percent of the the vibration I had in the front end so I'm glad that that's partially gone. Uh, but I'm definitely going to be fixing that, fixing that up with the uh, replacement of all the steering with some heavy duty stuff here in the very near future. Well, 50%, that's quite a bit. Uh, I guess if it's really bad though, it's, it's not, um, not as good as what you would want it to be. No, I got a video up in my build thread. You can see the track bar moving around probably close to a quarter inch or, or more, uh, sit on the axis of the, of the bolt it would move. You could see the whole track bar moving back and forth, and uh, and that was obviously lending to believe or lending some uh, some almost like death wobble like uh, symptoms as I was driving down the freeway. The axle would start shaking back and forth. I didn't feel it in the steering wheel as much. Maybe the steering dampener is really doing its job, uh, but uh, it was nonetheless. It was definitely there. Well, good. I'm 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 just hoping you don't have another um, egg shaped uh, short axle uh, shaft go bad on you again well so far the u-joints are, are staying put um bring you guys up to speed uh about what was that four weeks ago i had a u-joint um fail on me on my way into work on the axle and then uh was a week later two weeks later to the day almost um the other side the same thing on my way home this time uh the axle decided to eject a u-joint cap and uh i was i limped at home and and swapped it out and it was um I'm pretty sure it was because when I originally did the U-joints in the axle about a year ago or so, uh, it took 20 ton, it took a 20 ton press to get the old U-joints out, the OEM ones that were in there. And they were nearly 200,000 miles old and basically not a lick of grease left in them and, and pretty much a pile of rusty metal. Uh, but what happened was I think the, the 20 ton press ended up bending the ears in and it stretched them out. Um, at least they got stretched out after, after the last year of miles and wheeling and stuff like that. And the caps just didn't want to stay in. So I think I've uh, remedied that with some uh, some new to me at least uh, short shafts on the outside. Yeah, I think I'm going to be looking for some uh, <clears throat> some axles replacement axles pretty soon um, because uh, I didn't. I learned a lot when I did that Jeep Tips interview with uh, Steve 4.3 LXJ. Uh, I had no idea that those ears could get, uh, pushed in. I really didn't think that would be a problem. Uh, didn't even consider it, uh, based just, just based on my past experiences with drive shafts. And I was looking at the axle as just like a drive shaft, uh, just, you know, looks a little different, uh, certainly not as big, but uh, probably more, probably stouter than a, a drive shaft because it's a, a solid material. And, uh, after, uh, after what happened with you, and I know that one of those, um, I had the same problem with uh, one of my uh, U-joints after 100,000 miles uh, on my Jeep, and it just did not want to come out, and it required the, the big C-clamp. Uh, you know, I, I literally beat on that thing for, for over an hour, probably close to two hours, non-stop, and it wouldn't come out. And uh, ever since then, I have been uh, fearful to uh, waste my time uh, beating on one like that. Uh, I've used... Uh, I did not have a vice at the time. Uh, I, I have one now, so uh, I've used the vice, but I, I don't like it because you really need three hands to hold all the sockets in place yeah. and, and get the you know get the thing clamped down so it'll hold itself uh, type thing. 
and uh, the C-clamp works out uh, really, really nice. And I do have a half-inch impact uh, that uh, uh, makes it short work of the uh, getting the U-joint out. The cap just pops out of there. Well, I've got um, I got a tip for you guys real quick. Uh, for those of you who have a Harbor Freight tools nearby um, or even willing to order online, it's kind of a heavy tool, but it's their four-wheel drive ball joint service tool, and it is a gigantic oversized uh, C-clamp, basically. Just a glorified glorified C-clamp. Uh, but that's what I've used to replace every U-joint on the vehicle. And it is an invaluable tool when it comes to U-joints. And it really helps if you have a vice to hold the thing. But, I mean, the thing has got to be close to 18 inches, 16 inches or something like that. Uh, it uses about a, you know, one and a half inch um, uh, center section. And the thing just is, is beef, pure beef. Um, and it, it's, it's a great tool for removing U-joints because you can really get that torque and put that, it acts like a, like a press, basically. And for those that, you know, have a stuck U-joint, you hammer on the U-joint, it's already on the, uh, on the yoke, and as that U-joint uh, gets pressed in, and it really will help, um, you know, pop those things off really easily. And a vice to hold it all in place and give you all that extra leverage that you need. I use one of those, and I've used it every time, and I ran out of leverage when I first did my U-joints. That's why I had to go to a 20-ton press, but I didn't have a, a bench vice back then either. I think had I did have a, uh, a bench vice then, I probably wouldn't have ran into that problem. And who knows, the U-joints may have never ejected. <laughs> and, and for you guys in the, uh, in the chat room, you're seeing a video because I, I hit a wrong, the wrong button. <laughs> I disappeared and you now the, the video is running. Uh, see, this is the kind of the the golden gems of the the behind the scenes goodies that you get if you uh, if you join in on the fun on the uh, live broadcast every Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I have a series of videos set up. There I am. I'm back. I finally hit the right button. It's like a monkey. <laughs> it's like a monkey at the control board, just punching buttons to see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, by the way, those uh, those videos are available uh, up on uh, YouTube.com. So if you just uh, go over to YouTube.com and look for uh, XJ Talk, there is a, a series of uh, videos that are there uh, for your viewing pleasure. You may uh, you may not see a lot of information as far as what they are uh, and what's going on. Uh, you know, like what the res what the resolution was, etc. So um, the reason for that is is that the, they're put up in the on YouTube and then they are placed in the post on xjtalk.com. So you may not get an answer there. If you ask a question, uh, I'll certainly answer it whenever I see it. But I don't know what's up with uh, YouTube's uh, notification of messages. I, I've gone months and uh, not checked any of for comments or uh, any uh, uh, personal messages coming in and see that somebody has asked a question. It, it's not that I'm ignoring you. It's just that they're really being put on xjtalk.com. So really the thing to do is if you see a video there, especially if it has to do with something that's being worked on or a complaint about something, go over to xjtalk.com and, and look for that similar uh, item that you saw the, the video about, and then you can find it, and then you can ask your questions there, and probably see the answers, uh, see the results of uh, of what happened with that video, or, or perhaps even other videos of, of the solution. And there's another channel for you guys to um, to put those complaints or those questions. You can call our 24-7 voicemail line at 530-675-4102. Leave a message there, 24-7, 365, and we'll be sure to get that. And if you like, we'll even put it on the podcast. Bye. 
This Week in G. Each week we do a little segment of uh, what's going on in the Jeep world. And uh, Josh uh, is our uh, digger-in-chief. He goes out, and I said digger. Uh, he goes out and digs up uh, information about uh, the Jeep technology and what's going on. And uh, what do you got for us this week, Josh? Well, to touch on something that we uh, only briefly touched on last week was uh, a commercial that was played during the Super Bowl, and that was uh, Jeep and the USO. And um, in combination with that, Jeep and the USO have uh, started what's called Operation Safe Return. Obviously, it is uh, for the uh, men and women in the armed services. And um, what Jeep has done, they've donated over a million dollars plus an undisclosed amount of vehicles to the USO uh, for them to use as they see fit in this Operation Safe Return. And um, what that's, uh, uh, the gist of it is, is basically helping um, the reacclimation of soldiers after they come home uh, to, to get jobs and to help them out with a vehicle if they need it and to help the families if there's, um, you know, they're having some trouble finding a job or they need a little bit extra time. Uh, you know, and some help with some funds, pay some bills and stuff like that. I guess uh, there's going to be a, a little bit of a stipend there for um, for some of these soldiers to, to help help themselves out and get back on their feet. That's so great. really a big thumbs up to Jeep and the, and the USO for coming together like that. And um, you kind of saw that a little bit in the commercials, kind of a hint to it, because there was a big USO presence in the Jeep commercial during the Super Bowl. So I think they kind of were alluding to that or just kind of um, telling the public, hey, this is kind of what we got going on. But uh, nothing's really been publicly announced about it until just recently with this Operation Safe Return. That's amazing because, uh, I mean, God, what it was at $3.8 million, uh, for a 30-second spot on uh, the Super Bowl. So that's a hell of a commitment. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and it's, you know, a big, big kudos to Jeep for doing this. I mean, obviously Jeep and the military um, have been synonymous with each other, with each other since World War I. So this, I mean, just kind of goes without saying, but um, they've really, really narrowed the focus on on what they're doing and, and their involvement, at least with this facet of the military, uh, with this Operation Safe Return. So if you guys like to know more about that, sure, you could just uh, Google search Operation Safe Return and find out more about it. And they may be, um, be able to take donations or something like that. I really don't know a lot more about that. Uh, as, like I said, this was just announced this week. So I'm sure more information will come out um, as the weeks go on. Something else for you guys. Um, this is actually something that I did. I found out recently, and um, the Omics and ADA—they uh, are vendors of OEM replacement uh, equipment for our Jeeps, and um, they have released a uh, for their 20-year anniversary a 2013 Jeep Wrangler giveaway and a trip to SEMA this November in Las Vegas. Um, if you want to enter, you go over to omics-ada.com, and it's free to enter. No purchase is necessary. And, uh, and you got a chance to win a fully decked out. And this has gone, Omix ADA and Rugged Ridge have teamed up together to, um, to really heavily modify a 2013 Wrangler. Uh, and they're going to give this thing away along with a trip to SEMA this November in Las Vegas. So again, if you want to order, um, enter, uh, it's absolutely free. It's Omix, O-M-I-X-A-D-A.com to enter and uh, get your chance at winning a new Jeep. That's nice. Wish it was a new Jeep Cherokee, and I mean the old one, the old, uh, an old new one. Yeah, it's going to be a, a 2013, and uh, there's some pictures of it up on the Omics ADA website. So, and I personally wouldn't mind having that in my driveway. No, it'd be fun. It'd be a great daily driver. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I guess if I ever get uh, two million in the bank, then I'll, I'll take a. 
a fifty, sixty thousand dollar vehicle off road, but geez, I, I just I don't know. Well, I just I don't know if you're gonna have to pay the taxes on it. That's what I'm worried well, of about. Of course you're gonna have to. Are you are you insane? <laughs> yeah, you get a, a really nice brand new vehicle, but it's still gonna cost you ten grand. Yeah, well, you can always sell it and buy Jeep parts. Yeah. Well, folks, if you got a tip, a uh, news tip, you want to uh, get in on the action, uh, send us uh, something you've heard about Jeeps um, in the news to newstips at xjtalk.com. That's N-E-W-S-T-I-P-S at xjtalk.com, and you can be our infield reporter. Ride em, cowboy. Thank you very much for that, Josh. Great information, and it's uh, almost like a, a real professional-type deal when we have uh, news and things of the, that are interesting <laughs> to our audience. So. Uh, seriously, really appreciate that. Hey, no problem. So uh, I don't know that this is necessarily something that uh, somebody called in uh, on our voicemail line, but uh, uh, it is uh, a great suggestion. It, it actually is a suggestion that you've made recently and uh, I've neglected in uh, uh, doing, but uh, recently placed an order for a, uh, a voiceover uh, to promote this. But anyway, before I get too far ahead of myself, let's, uh, I have not played this. I have not checked the levels on the show yet, so I don't know what this is going to sound like. Uh, but this is a voicemail that came in and, uh, here we go. Hey, Tony and Josh, this is Joliet Johnny. I just went over to iTunes and I noticed that you guys don't really have any reviews. So I've been thinking you guys should probably promote the whole review thing. Other podcasts seem to do it, and I know it'll make this easier to find. Um, that's really all. Plus, if you don't feel like writing a review, I, I guess you could just give it five stars because that's what it deserves. All right. Bye. Hey, it's exactly right. And uh, uh, I did send him a, a text message back, and I gave you, uh, Josh, I gave you full credit for having this idea. And uh, this was a good reminder to me to. Uh, to uh, get a promo done and uh, it's in the works. So we'll be promoting uh, iTunes. You know, it's, it's kind of my fault. I, I don't have anything. I don't have anything Apple. As I've said before, my house is an Apple free zone. And uh, even though we do uh, have the show up on iTunes uh, for you, many, many people that do have I, I, uh, Apple, not iTunes, uh, Apple products, I just really haven't researched it that much since I don't use it. So well, I'm right there with you, Tony. I, I don't, this is an Apple free house as well. And, um, and just recently, in fact, uh, this weekend I had a DJ birthday party and somebody came up to me and said, Hey, do you have a cell phone charger? And I was like, yeah, I have one in, I have one in the Jeep. And, uh, but I, I had to, you know, s- send out a disclaimer really quick. I was like, but it's not an Apple or it's not an iPhone charger. And there was like this two second beat where they were like <laughs> looking at me, like, the deer in the headlights kind of look with that, you know, are you kidding me? But you don't why? have an iPhone type of look, you know? And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, it's for a droid, you know? <laughs> but why? <laughs> yeah, like, you know, wait a minute. You don't have an iPhone? <gasps> no. Yeah. So. Actually, actually, uh, my uh, my oldest son has been staying with us. I think I mentioned that on, on a, a prior show. And I believe he does have an iPhone. I think he has, uh, has one of out. those. So it's not a completely uh, Apple-free zone currently, but... Uh, He's more than worth uh, the trouble of you know having one of those nasty bits of things here, and I'm talking about the phone. Right, right. 
Well, yeah, for those of you who haven't gotten the gist of the conversation, if you uh, are listening to the podcast through iTunes or you're downloading it through iTunes, be sure to um, tell your friends about the podcast for one and for two. Give us a rating, a five-star rating on iTunes. It'll really help us out. We'll get, uh, get up on the charts and get the word out a little bit easier. Really appreciate that, folks. Help us out. Amazon.com and the XA Talk Show present You Bought What? Well, folks, as you um, may know, and for those who don't, uh, we um, have a little little relationship with Amazon.com. How that works is um, we have a uh, up on the XJ Talk Show website as well as XJTalk.com a link that will take you straight to Amazon.com. What happens is if you go to the, our website first and click on that link, it'll take you straight to Amazon, but then anything that you buy at, any, at the regular Amazon low price, you're not going to spend a penny more, but Amazon is going to give us a tiny little kickback, just enough to get our beaks wet a little bit. This helps out the, the show, helps out the podcast. You're not going to spend a penny more. But what's fun about it is that Amazon is giving us a list of the things that are bought. We haven't received anything other than what is purchased and when. We don't know who's buying it, and and we just see this list every so often. So we'd like to go ahead and share it and uh, make a little game out of it. And we got to, we like to have you guys get really wacky with it. Obviously, if you're going to be doing any online purchasing, go to Amazon uh, and and do that there anyways. Click on our website first and click on the link, and then do your shopping as normal. But if you want to have some fun with it and really kind of throw us a curveball, find something completely off the wall and wacky and, uh, and make your purchase there. And uh, obviously, we'll end up talking about it. But uh, one of the things that tops up the list is um, something that I have in my own personal library. is the high-performance Jeep Cherokee XJ Builder's Guide. And that's for all Cherokees, 1984, clear up to 2001. This is an, an absolutely invaluable source of information. Uh, Eric, uh, Eric's XJ, uh, he's a great guy. He's a member of the website. And we've had him here on the podcast before. It's an outstanding book, tons of great pictures, and a lot of useful, very useful information. If you're just getting into building Cherokees, this is a must-have for your library. Yep, and uh, of course, uh, I didn't think of this. Uh, very, I didn't plan this out very well, very well Josh. I, I, I have probably one of the most boring things to read here. It is a battery, a six-cell replacement laptop battery for an HP. Uh, various series, I'm not going to read them. So it's great to have but not that interesting to talk about. I mean, not, well, not unless they're using it to, uh, to run something in the Jeep. You know, it's not made for its real use. Like maybe it's a, uh, an auxiliary flux capacitor uh, charger or something, you know? Well, I was going to say it, it just makes sure that they, uh, they can listen to the podcast that much longer. I like the way you think. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, you know, I, it goes in line with that is a new replacement AC adapter for a laptop charger for an HP. So um, looks like somebody is is making sure that their uh, laptop is never going to go down, and they can listen to the entire archive of the XJ Talk Show without replacing a battery or unplugging their laptop. I wonder if somebody misplaced something. <laughs> it sounds like something was uh, either that or there was a a nasty lightning strike. Uh, also, too, and and Josh and I were talking about this uh, prior to the show. Uh, he actually went and looked it up because it was just too strange. Uh, it is a uh, an MP3 download, so I was thinking it was a song. Anyway, the, the name of the album, I guess, is Impregnated with Wonder. And I think we all wonder how that happens. You know, it's, honey, I'm pregnant. How in the hell did this happen? We got a TV. What's the deal? Yeah. But anyway, yeah, what, I, what was it, Josh? Was just, uh, the title was just too good to, to pass up. I had to go look at it uh, just to see because there, there is in brackets after the, the title – is the word explicit. Yes. So I, I've got a dirty mind. I'm going to be the first to admit it. And my totally mind was in the gutter with this one, impregnated with wonder. Ex- 
opposite. So I was like, oh, God, I got to see what this is. <laughs> and it makes sense. Well, it makes well, sense yeah. since you looked it up. Well, of course. Um, and sh- should we spoil it for everybody else? We should let their no, imagination. No, tell them. No, tell them. It's, it's just a comedian, folks. Not it's, just. Uh, it, that's going to be funny. I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to go check this out. Maybe it's on YouTube or something. And I, I, I meant to write down the comedian's name, um, but I mean, it looks like it's, it's going to be something funny. Um, so if, uh, you know, whoever, whoever is out there, um, you know, give us a report on that. Let, let us know if it really is uh, as funny as it looks. Do you remember if that was a male or female comedian name? Was it, well, there was a male. Uh, there was a guy on the cover holding a microphone with a bunch of squiggly writing around it. So uh, I'm going to assume that it's a guy who's been impregnated with wonder. Um, kind of interesting, but why, <laughs> why not? Thinking. Let's run with it. <laughs> well, <laughs> moving right along. Yes. <laughs> in, in, the, the, uh, in a completely upright position, moving right along. <laughs> in the sports and outdoor category, uh, the Mark Wart movable pitching rubber complete set adult size. <laughs> because there's children sizes, apparently. Yes. <laughs> well, I, uh, I'm not going to touch that one. <laughs> and uh, and here's an interesting one. Uh, at least I get an interesting one. Uh, a video game, uh, Red Dead Redemption, Game of the Year edition. So I don't know if that means it's actually a Game of the Year or they're just calling it that. I love how they they will uh, market something as you know. Uh, this is the f- the funniest comedy with uh, uh, a bear <laughs> in a rabbit suit. It's number one of the theaters with the bear and the ribbon and the comedy. And, you know, they do all these things to make, you know, it's number one and then kind of trail off as to what makes it number one. Yeah. I think this might go along with the, uh, the same person might have purchased this one, an Xbox live 12 month gold membership. So uh, that gives them access to online gaming for an entire year. So I guess they'll be playing some uh, red dead redemption all year long. Red dead, red. Uh, you know, I have a problem saying that red dead redemption. Did I stumble on it too? No, I just, I no, not at all. You did it. That's what that's what made me think I was having problems with it because I was having problems reading it. Uh, Red Dead Re- Re- Redemption. See? I have a stuttering problem. I don't know if you guys realize that or not. We just found out what you bought. Oh my God, I just can't believe that made it on the list. <laughs> Well, folks, we'd love for you guys to join in on the fun. So, uh, again, uh, please go to uh, XJ Talk Show or XJTalk.com and, uh, and click on our Amazon banner and go ahead and, and join in on the fun. We want to see how wacky this can get. Obviously, somebody went ahead and threw us a nice little curveball with the impregnated with wonder uh, gig. We, we obviously had some fun with that. So get in on the action. Yeah, that was great. <clears throat> so tonight we are going to have another uh, Steve uh, 4.3 LXJ Jeep tip. And uh, he is going to be, you know, I listened to it before the show, Josh. What was that that, uh, that he was talking about? It was, oh, door hinges. Door hinges, yeah. So we'll have a, a, a door hinges a Jeep tip. It's uh, short, sweet, and uh, gets right to the point, uh, which is uh, uh, not something you would expect here at the XJ Talk Show. I'm going to get into the point. Uh, what, do we, uh, what do we have for the interview to this evening as well? Yep. And uh, luckily, we were, were not going to have an interview, <clears throat> but uh, just by happenstance, um, uh, Rory of RA Designs, a, uh, a past xjtalk.com vendor, uh, had responded to a, uh, an email that I sent out Friday 
uh, basically reminding people that hadn't logged into the site since uh, uh, December 31st uh, to, hey, we miss you and come on back type thing. He responded and uh, basically said he's just uh, been hitting the, the really big sites uh, because he's just really busy with things, but he was nice enough to, to drop me a line. And I said, Hey, would you like to do a, uh, do an interview? And, uh, he said, yeah, sure. And, uh, I think he was actually up for it on, uh, uh, Friday evening, but I had stuff going on. And then, uh, we were trying to set a time on Saturday and he was, uh, available, but I was busy. So we actually recorded it today. So it's kind of like a last minute save. So, uh, if you don't know RA Designs, it's uh, radesignsproducts.com. He is the guy that makes the uh, the little shifters that allow you to turn your uh, AW4 transmission into a manual transmission. Flip a switch if if you install one, uh, which I would recommend on a daily driver, uh, and you switch from the uh, transmission control module to this uh, completely automated. I'm sorry, completely manual. Uh, shifter so that you can shift uh, one through four. Uh, it is a really cool piece of, uh, of equipment, really nice looking too, and uh, and very well integrated into um, into the vehicle if you so de- decide to pick one of these up. And it's at a decent price point as well, under 100 bucks if memory serves me right. Yes. And this thing would definitely add some wow factor to the Jeep. Well, and we'll, and you'll hear this in the interview, the, the reason why you want to do this if you're not familiar is um, – there's times that you want to have your Jeep in first gear, period. You don't want it in first gear and then go into second gear and then maybe going back, back down to first gear. And there's always a possibility that your brakes can fade uh, while you're going up a, a, a very long, uh, this probably happens more to you uh, in, in your area with the mountains, Josh, but uh, the brakes will fade and uh, you can't really use the engine to slow you down. Uh, with an AW4 and it's in its standard configuration, pardon the pun, uh, because uh, it, it will go into second gear, which obviously lets you go a lot faster than first gear. So um, you can uh, uh, put it in first, and as you're coming down the hill, you're letting the engine uh, keep you slow and saving your brakes. And, and even yep. if you don't have brake fade, it's, it helps you save your brakes. Yep, I um, the mountainous terrain up here where we wheel is uh, is quite steep and quite high, and um, I mean it's it's you know several thousand feet uh, b- above sea level uh, that we typically wheel at, and uh, and when we get up into the trails, um, you know we're another you know twenty thirty miles up into the woods, and you got to come down a lot of steep logging roads, and I've experienced brake fade more than a few times uh, coming down the hill, and I mean obviously you get down to the bottom of the hill and you can just smell the brakes; they're just cooking. And so, um, you know, I always drop it clear down into first, but the problem is with the automatic transmission is, is it's, it's that lowest shift point is one, two. So the, the transmission will kick up into second gear eventually. And, and that's not very good for, for slowing you down. At least if you're trying to use the, the engine, the compression of the engine and the transmission to slow your roll as you go down the mountain, uh, something like this definitely is, is good for crawling down. If you're going, going down a trail, that's a steep trail. Uh, or just heading back down to the to the staging area, uh, lock that transmission in first gear. That's a really handy device. Really cool. Yeah, of course you can always uh, go into low on your uh, transfer case and uh, and try to you know battle that a little bit as far as or come up with a solution in that way. But um, personally, I, I really like the idea of just having a a handle that you can 
slap down in the first gear and it stays there, uh, especially whenever you're trying to make a quick decision. Uh, maybe whenever you first realize that your brakes are not as good as what they were when you started out on the trail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, let's just take a break here, put it in neutral, uh, drop it into low, put it back into gear. Okay, I'm going to call a timeout because this isn't working very well. <laughs> and uh, yes, uh, I know that there's some of you out there that uh, say, hey, you, you can do that with just a set of switches. But uh, I mean, come on, what, what Jeeper doesn't want another handle? <laughs> sitting there on next to the console so people can go what the hell is that thing twin sticks that's right <laughs> <laughs> so anyway it was a enjoyable uh, conversation enjoyable interview and uh, i'm just trying to stay calm and not order one of them right now uh, i just uh, as you'll hear in the interview i was kind of thinking yeah this would be great if i was doing a lot of off-road stuff which i don't do but uh, after uh, talking to Rory about it, I can see that it would be an uh, advantageous thing to have in, uh, in many situations, um, on road and off. So, Well, Rory, if you're listening, uh, I've got a big trip to the Rubicon this, uh, this summer. So <laughs> if you want me to test something out for you, I'd be happy to do it. <laughs> well, you know, uh, he had uh, several people uh, in, uh, the, uh, the hammers race this past weekend that use his products. Uh, he has, uh, I know one, uh, one individual that's been desert racer that's been using his, uh, uh, another one of his products, uh, for three years now and not had any issues with it. And, uh, the, the other interesting thing, he works at a company that sells, uh, relatively speaking, uh, inexpensive CNC machines. So, uh, he has one and he makes all, all these parts himself, which I thought was uh, pretty cool. And I had some discussion with him. I, I told him, I said, I, I would, it would take me a while to, to get, to go through the learning curve to, to use one of those things. And, uh, I don't know where I would put it, et cetera, et cetera. And having said all that, I hate you. <laughs> because now you want one. <laughs> oh, I want all, I want everything, man. Oh yeah. No, I'm, I'm the same way. My shopping list is a mile long for the Jeep. So stay tuned and we're going to have uh, the Jeep tip and uh, the interview with uh, Rory, RA Designs uh, of radesignsproducts.com uh, coming right up. Be sure to friend XJ Talk on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and add us to your circles on Google+. Join the xjtalk.com community and check out our sister site, wranglertalk.com. Hey, good evening. This is Mike Corey, amateur radio call sign KI1U. I am the emergency preparedness manager at the American Radio Relay League in Newington, Connecticut, and you're listening to the XJ Talk Show. I know you've heard us talk about Amazon on the podcast before, but have you heard about our new game? You bought what? It's a lot of fun, and we want you guys to play along. All you have to do is go to xjtalk.com or xjtalkshow.com and click on the Amazon banner there on the main page. This takes you right to Amazon, where you can buy any crazy little thingamajig to join in on the fun. Amazon gives us a list every week of what you guys are buying, but we don't get to know who it is that's buying it. As an added bonus, you get the same great price you always would, and Amazon is going to give the show a small pittance for you playing along. So let's all have some fun. The XJ Talk Show and Amazon.com. This segment brought to you by DetoursUSA.com. 10 years of innovating, not imitating XJ products. Check out www.detoursusa.com. And Detours wants to remind everyone to practice safe sex. No pig borking till you wrap that rascal. 
Got a tip? We do. It's time for Jeep Tips. And uh, Steve, 4.3 LXJ from XJTalk.com is back with us and uh, has another Jeep tip. What do you got for us tonight, uh, Steve? Uh, well, door hinges. Every All of us have them unless you're taking your doors off permanently. And uh, uh, at some point uh, in our aging vehicles, uh, like, for instance, mine's an 86, so it's over 25 years old now, uh, the pins in the door hinges start to uh, make an egg-shaped hole in the uh, uh, cast steel uh, door hinge. And what happens then is that every time you open the door, it falls a little bit. And every time it falls, it weakens that area where that hinge has been welded on to the body. And eventually it'll crack it and pull out. And then you have a weld job on your hands because you can't get a new piece and just bolt it in there. And so you have to uh, uh, find somebody that can weld with a MIG and get some metal behind there after you take your fender off and all that kind of stuff, just so that you can have a functional driver's side door again. But there's some ways that you can prevent that and uh, fix whatever problem you might have with the sagging. Uh, the first is, is just to lubricate that pin. Nobody ever does. It doesn't come lubricated from the factory. Uh, so just putting a little oil in there uh, once in a while will keep that hinge lubricated, and it won't wear that hole out so that it's egg-shaped. And the second thing is that if it does get to that point, uh, there's really no fix other than welding a brand new one in. Uh, you can, you know, you might be able to buy new pins, but that's not going to fix it. So if you have this door that falls down when you open it and you have to slam it or pick it up to shut it, um, there's an easy way to correct that. And uh, if you open the door all the way, you'll find that the hinge is bolted onto the door, but not onto the unibody. And there's two bolts on the top hinge and on the bottom hinge. They're identical. And underneath those hinges, there's some little shims. And when they make these things at the factory, they make design it so that they have to use those shims in order to align the door correctly. Uh, if you took them all out, there'd be a big crack there, and it may not even shut properly. So they're designed to have those shims in there. And what you can do, for instance, if you've got a uh, door that sags when you open it, you can loosen up those bolts, and those, those shims are shaped like a W. And so you can actually, if you get them loosened up, uh, you can remove or insert shims without taking the bolts all the way out of the uh, door hinge. So you can just loosen them up a little bit. You can take a, a shim out, put it back in, try to close the door, and, and see how it lines up. Uh, if worse comes to worse, you can always take a hinge or a door shim uh, out of the top and put it in the bottom, and that'll, that'll make the door raise quite a bit. And uh, it'll maintain the alignment there as far as uh, front to back alignment so that you don't have too big of a crack. And if you do, you can adjust it uh, by perhaps moving a top, a top and a bottom afterwards. But the point is, is that you want to get your door so that it's not falling every time you open it. And in this way, 
you won't be overstressing that metal and, and causing it to crack eventually and pull out. And, and it's a fairly common thing that comes up on forums. How do I fix this? And, uh, and it's kind of a pain in the neck to fix because you got to take the fender off and get in there and weld some steel behind it and, and uh, weld your hinge back in there. And then after that, you still have the problem where you've got to uh, realign the door anyway. So by taking a few minutes to lubricate the, uh, the hinge pin themselves, and if necessary, adjust the shims underneath the uh, door hinge, you can keep that from happening and save yourself a lot of time in the future. Excellent. Great tip. And now for a disclaimer. Jeep tips is for entertainment purposes only. If you choose to follow these tips, man up and take the responsibility for your own actions. If you cannot or you feel that working on your Jeep is beyond your abilities, seek the help or advice of a trained certified mechanic. The XJ Talk Show is now available on iTunes. Subscribe and leave a review. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Hi, this is Tanya Francine with the National Weather Service Skywarn Program, reminding you to keep an eye to the sky and listen to the XJ Talk Show. XJTalk.com is where you go when you're not off-road. And now you can go to XJTalk.com when you're off-road too. Using your smartphone, install the Tapa Talk app, then search for XJ Talk. Take XJ Talk with you wherever you go. Jury duty, dinner with your spouse's parents, even, well, anywhere you need your XJ Talk fix. Hey, are those big aftermarket tires kicking up road spray? Is the side of your rig getting covered with mud and all kinds of other debris? Now get the protection and coverage you're looking for from the new generation of Napier Precision Products Fender Flares. Made from 3 inch thermo-molded ABS plastic, they're the strongest aftermarket flare available. Ditch those factory flares and get the rugged appearance you're looking for with the new generation of Fender Flares from Napier Precision Products. Available for all years of Cherokees in two-door and four-door and now compatible with cut-and-fold rear quarters. Also coming this fall, a brand new flat, flat fender, fender design. design. For more information, go to NapierPrecisionProducts.com. That's N-A-P-I-E-R PrecisionProducts.com. Hey, guys. Today we've got uh, Rory of RA Designs. You know him as the shift controller guy. He, he makes those really cool little uh, uh, shifters for the uh, XJ um, automatic transmission so that you can uh, actually get in first gear <laughs> and stay in first gear. Rory, thanks for joining us today, and, and especially on such short notice. Not a problem. Now, uh, as I was telling you before we hit the old record button, I'd like to start off with uh, getting to, to know the person. Uh, tell us about you and uh, uh, how you got involved in all this. Well, I've been kind of an off-road guy my whole life. I mean, I grew up on a farm and had motorcycles, and uh, we rounded up cattle with Jeeps. So I was around Jeeps, you know, from day one. And uh, when I started... Uh, Working for a living, I got into the off-road thing and did that and ended up building a Jeep back in the 80s to do the little short course racing. But as time went on, I uh, built my got into my second childhood when my kids were grown and started building another off-roader. And I needed to figure out a way to uh, control the transmission without a computer. Um, I've got a background in engineering and uh, a machinist, so uh, I had to... Uh, you know, personal resources available, and plus a machine.
machine shop to build things in of my own. So then brings me up to building products. Wow. So it sounds like a cursed life to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's wonderful. Yeah, that's, uh, that's great. And you know, it's, it's really strange. I guess they did it for, for cost and also too, that just doesn't really seem to be a big reason to, to be able to, uh, or to have to be in first gear all the time. But it seems so strange that in such a capable off-road vehicle like uh, the Cherokee, that you can't just put it in first gear and leave it there. Yeah, there's uh, customers ask me about that quite a bit. And my comment is like, let's look back to when it was designed and what it was designed for. You know, it was designed to be, uh, honestly, a yuppie mobile, you know, to go camping out into the forests with the family because you look at the options that were available, even the wood grain on the side gives it the family <laughs> yeah. type, you know, off-road vehicle. So as time goes on, you know, people start, you know, they're running out of CJs to, to beat up on anymore. And here's this, a four-door that you can take out with, you know, and have air conditioning and a radio and a good heater. And, uh, you know, we, we as uh, off-roaders, you know, and, you know, embraced that and started modifying them so that we could go wheeling. Yeah, I know that's why we got ours, because uh, we were looking at a TJ at the time and then uh, uh, looked over there at the, the bright red uh, XJ, and I, I said, well, honey, it's a Jeep, and it's a four-wheel drive, and we've got two little girls, so and uh, the rest is history. So, yeah, I can, uh, I can very, very easily understand how that could, uh, that could happen. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess, uh, I guess if everything was a, a perfect world, uh, it would you know, have come with 35-inch tires and all the the proper suspension to fit and handle the that weight, but uh, they built it the way they built it, and, and of course it left an opening for people like yourself to come up with alternatives. Now right. this uh, this shift controller, we'll go ahead and get into this this uh, shift controller, which I thought was a, a real good name. It's real short and it, it it's very accurate because it's it is it is a shifter, but it doesn't take the place of the shifter that's there. It's just a uh, something that allows you to, uh, would it be safe to say, further refine the shifting capabilities of the, the me mechanical shifter? Yeah, I would definitely say that's a good way to describe it. It so, puts the transmission control in the, the driver's you know, hands instead of the computer's hands. Now, um, is this a replacement for the controller, or does it work in, in conjunction with the, the computer? Um, it can work in conjunction with the computer. A uh, simple switch that let you choose one or the other is uh, fairly common with the guys. So uh, you can still drive it, you know, as your daily driver and let it shift by itself. And then on the weekend, when you get to the trail, flip a switch and then you just have manual control for the weekend or, you know, or the day while you're out wheeling. So that's pretty cool. I, uh, it's been a while since I, I read the, uh, the details on the site. So this literally uh, would be something that you would have to shift just like a uh, manual transmission once that switch is flipped. Yes. yes it is. So that also, which is, which makes sense, but that, that also is the good part about, so that if you're, uh, if for some reason your brakes aren't so good coming back down a hill or you want to save your brakes coming down a hill, you can literally have that thing just leave it in first gear like you would a manual transmission so this is like the best of both worlds with with the exception of the the manual transmission uh being easier to work on <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> you don't think so well, i kind of like it because it's you know i've always had automatics i mean not the first off-roader i was a five-speed but after that i just kind of went to automatics and what i really always have liked about them and this is a debate that will go on forever was that I 
Yeah, I got one foot on the brake and one on the gas. You know, if I want to go up a hill and stop and get going again, there's no clutch. So I've always been biased towards the automatic side of things. But uh, the first gear thing is the huge one in the Jeeps. It's like like you described, coming down off of a grade. You know, you can just put everything in down in first gear and just let the engine actually do compression braking like you would in a manual transmission. Yeah, it really it really sounds great. The reason why. I just remember when I was like 16 years old, I broke a synchronizer ring in a, uh, uh, a transmission uh, on uh, my three-speed transmission on my Pontiac Ventura. And at, at the tender age of 16, not having any mechanical background, really any at all, I was able to open that up and replace that synchronizer. And it didn't cost me but probably maybe 30 bucks for the synchronizer and a few hours of my time. And uh, I guess I've been lucky. I've only had two automatic transmissions rebuilt. The first one cost me $750. That was back in uh, like the mid-80s. And then I had the, the, uh, the one in the Cherokee recently rebuilt, and it was $2,000. So I don't like automatic transmissions because they scare the hell out of me from a money standpoint. Yeah, you know, I've started tearing into them as a young kid, so I, I've Know, turbo 400 and c6s and realized they're not really as complicated as i thought they would be once i got them apart and i kind of like you added ex- uh, exposures to like jeep t90s to tear apart and i think the complexity of one of those is rivals what an automatic really is when it comes down to trying to get all the gears lined up and put bearings in and get things in the right order to get it assembled you know so and I would think a new trans uh, five-speed would be wouldn't be cheap to rebuild by itself. You know, I've never priced one, but you know, I'm I'm sure they're not the bearings and everything and synchros and one of those are probably too too awfully inexpensive. Well, it's probably an unfounded fear, but I know that whenever I went to buy this Cherokee, I had asked him. I said, "Hey, uh, that's nice, but do you have one in a uh, a manual transmission? Because the, the the TJ was going to be a manual." And it, it, at least at that time, I had I had done four-wheel driving uh, off-road stuff before, but it was in a full-size uh, Chevy pickup, and I really didn't know anything about it. That was before the Internet, and I, I didn't know what I know now, and I certainly didn't understand the thing about uh, uh, it being a, a, an advantage to not having to mess with a clutch and all that timing issue whenever you're cl- crawling up uh, the side of a hill or certainly on rocks. It's nice to have the tra- automatic transmission handling a lot of that stuff for you. So my only downside to it was was that that fear of having to have the the big uh, the big paycheck or the big payout for the uh, the transmission to be re- repaired and uh, you know I I guess I shouldn't complain the the transmission the AW4 is a really nice transmission and the only issue I had with it was it, it just wasn't uh, uh, going into overdrive it wasn't locking not locking up it wasn't going into overdrive so. Um, it's just something I didn't care for and I didn't like the, the check engine light coming on. So I had it checked out and I was able to afford to have it, have it repaired, but still, I just don't like that. I don't like not having something that I can't work on. Uh Uh, I like the idea. And that's one of the reasons why that's all we have is Jeeps. We've got a, uh, the 98, uh, XJ, a 99 XJ and a 2003 TJ. And they're all basically the same drivetrains. And it's really nice from the standpoint that, uh, I know those those vehicles, and I can make them go, and, and I can make them go in pretty short order. But but frankly, the TJ scares me the least because it's a manual. <laughs> right. But anyway, unfounded fears, perhaps. Yeah. The, the other than that, the automatic's fine. Uh, it's really nice, and certainly having the ability to 
to switch into uh, the gears you want to go into is is great. Now you have uh, you have uh, I guess two two products at least one uh, which is uh, which allows you to to manually control or control manually the automatic transmission in all gears and keep them in, in whatever gear you want to put in, and then you also have a, a mechanical shifter as well. Is that correct? Yes, I have a replacement that'll bolt in like for the Cherokees in the stock location. A um, little heavier duty, you know, there's no plastic in it, and that's what I kind of notice about the stock when they get sloppy after a while. And and uh, I, when my four-wheeling experience was uh, mostly the, you worked on it all year to spend three months out of the year doing snow wheeling. So being able to go forward and back effortlessly was a, a real key feature to having a shifter. So uh, after a four-wheeling trip with some guys in Cherokees and, realizing that uh, one guy was having a lot of extra trouble that I just need to build a shifter that will allow the forward reverse thing. And then in conjunction with the, the shift controller, you can take off in any gear and then uh, easily go to reverse to back out of it and take off like in second, like kind of like what you would in a manual again if you wanted to. So that evolved the, the floor shifter that I sell. That's really cool. I'm going to have to take another look at this because I was – my my rig is primarily uh, on road, and I've, I've kind of built mine as a expedition or um, uh, very seldom weekend uh, off road vehicle since it's my uh, my only vehicle to get me back and forth to work. Um, but uh, so I when I saw this, I, I looked at it and I went, "Oh, this is really cool! I got to have it." And then I went, "What what would I really realistically need it for?" And now that I'm hearing this stuff, uh, we could all get stuck in mud. And, you know, the back and forth thing in mud is exactly what we, what we do here. Uh, I remember doing that several times when I was a kid <laughs> in my, my two wheel drive uh, car. So yeah, that was kind of the pain in the ass is r- rocking back and forth. And I can imagine, uh, an automatic transmission, you could actually get yourself into some trouble, um, missing, maybe going up into uh, uh park while and stopping the whole process. So yeah. I'm gonna have to have another look at these things. I, I mean, especially now that I hear that you have a, a whole replacement shifter, that's uh, that's pretty cool. Is there anything? Yeah, you know, it it still has gates for first and, um, to for the shift too in between, so you can you know actually have stops going from you know the the low the one two position up to drive, and then same going into overdrive. So there, you still kind of get that you know bang a gear feel, but then it's still like I say gated so that from the overdrive position you can go directly to reverse. I have a lot of guys ask me about, you know, what if you accidentally bump it into neutral when you're going down the road? And the uh, fortunately, the robustness of the AWS series transmissions—they have—they're not like the uh, the ones I grew up with, you know, the American ones. They have just a really aggressive detent system internally, so your shifter just doesn't really want to bump. You know, I don't think I've ever bumped mine, you know, in years and years of wheeling into into neutral because of the the internal detents of the transmission. I'm just, I'm, I'm actually on the website right now looking at some of these uh, uh, shift controllers, and um, it reminds me, I don't know if you if you ever uh, watched the uh, disaster movies, the, uh, um, gosh, what was it? Um, I can't even remember the name of it. Anyway, um, there was a, a character in one of these uh, movies that had a, uh, a four-wheel drive, and he had a custom transmission. It had like uh, five or six reverse gears and, and three f- first gears or, or something like that. 
and a cop was trying to commandeer his vehicle after this big earthquake. And uh, he, uh, he basically was taking the, the four-wheel drive away from him. And he got in and he tried to drive it and he couldn't drive it. So he made, made the owner of the vehicle drive it for him. And this reminds me a lot of that because you could literally uh, disable the shifter completely in your Cherokee and put in one of these controllers. And even though they're very simple to operate, for somebody to jump in the vehicle and and try to go, <laughs> it would be it could make it very difficult, especially for like the wife or kids. You could you might actually even be able to uh, to keep your vehicle from uh, being stolen or at least not driven away very fast. Yeah, the uh, transmission has a default uh, mode that if you pull the shift lever down into the four shifter and clear back into one two, it goes into first gear. So that that's kind of you still could. You know, if all else fails, you get first drive and overdrive, you know, mechanically on with the floor shifter. So it's not totally foolproof as far as uh, preventing, um, you know, somebody from running off in it. So. No, nah, no, it's not. I don't want to say that it's a, a theft preventative, but it certainly would no, make no. it it would certainly make it more difficult. It would be uh, uh, irritating for them. And and actually, they might look in the window and see, see that and go, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go to the next one. So anyway, I was looking at the the Rail Two and the the Baja Two. Now the Rail Two, it looks like a, a like a side add on, uh, like you would just put on the side of the console. Oh, and I, and I yeah, do. Yeah, that's what most of the guys do exactly. And I do want to mention that this these things work for any vehicle that uses uh, this transmission. So they're not all called AW Four, though, are they? No, they're. Uh, um. They all have the same, pretty much the same ID tag on them, but the manufacturers gave them different names. Like oh, of I course. think the Suzus are like A44Ds, and uh, Toyota calls them A340s. So you know, uh, I think there's a 30-70LE that was in a Suzu or another Suzu one or something. So they have different names, but uh, as far as what the manufacturer called them, so. So, like your website says here, for Jeep, Toyota, and Nissan automatic transmissions. So you would just need to make sure that it was one of the one of the ve- uh, vehicles that had this uh, this type of transmission, and then you could uh, use one of these controllers. Now, yeah. on the Rail Two Shift controller, is that just the uh, just the is that all you need, or do you have to buy something more to go with that? If you just want to do first through fourth shift control, that's all you need. It'll wire in either into your system with the switch or standalone you know, directly to the transmission and you can control first through fourth, three wires. It's really simple. So, and, and with this, uh, when you say if that's all you want to do, I'm assuming that means if you want to manually shift it, all, this doesn't include the ability to switch back and forth from the TCM. No, that'd be a switch. I mean, I sell switches, but, um, I, I tell people too, what switches you can use just because, not everybody's going to want the style of switch I sell. So, you know, that's one thing about, you know, I'm ne- never going to tell somebody my stuff's the only way to go. I mean, I'm just not that way. So, yeah, they're in the install instructions, which you can get on the website there and review them. It describes what type of switches to use for the switch in between the two and for the torque converter lockup, too, if you want to put in a switch for that. So, so um, actually, you guys, I, I, I'll have this, uh, the links to the site and uh, the show notes, of course, but uh, you guys can't see the, the image I'm looking at. This looks like a, a nice big uh, block. Well, I would say big. I guess it really depends on the, 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 the size of the handle. It looks r- relatively small. Uh, but anyway, nice block of uh, aluminum, I'm guessing. 
and uh, a nice uh, aluminum, well-crafted uh, aluminum handle. It really looks snazzy. <laughs> and uh, is this something that uh, that you're having made, or is this something you you make in your machine shop? I make all that myself. That's really yep, nice. I make all those parts myself. Um, I have a pretty good setup, just fab shop with a CNC milling machine that uh, I built. I actually bought the CNC mill, mill just to build rail shifters originally. That was the whole purpose behind it. So, you know, I, I wouldn't if, if I had one initially, I would not know what to do with it. But even even that I don't even though I know I don't have I couldn't use it immediately and I'd, I'd have to learn it go through a huge learning curve. I still hate you for having one because <laughs> it sounds like it'd be a really cool thing to have. I mean, I, I know I paid, uh, my dad used to be a machinist, uh, and he would make knobs and things at work and bring them home for use, uh, that would replace things that were made, uh, from factories made out of plastic. Uh-huh. And, uh, we've had a handle on our microwave, uh, you know, one of those built in things that handle has broken a couple of times, lots of kids here. So, they break that plastic handle, and that damn plastic handle is thirty-five freaking dollars. And I think every time I've replaced it twice now, and I think every time I've replaced it, I'll tell my wife if my dad was still alive and still working as a machinist, he could make me one of these out of <laughs> the probably titanium, and we'd never have this problem again. There you go. So I could definitely see a, a use for it. You know, it'd probably be <clears throat> those things are probably five, ten, fifteen thousand, maybe even more. And I, but I would save me thirty-five bucks. Yeah, but then there's all the other neat stuff you can build to at a whim, you know. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah, I've been wanting to build something uh, using uh, uh, a router, one of those uh, little stepper motor type things where you can, uh, yep. you know, that that type of deal. But uh, anyway, I don't have enough room for the stuff and time for the stuff that I have, uh, especially with the Jeep involved. Anyway, so the uh, the Baja Two. Uh, I don't want to try to step through all these things, but I'm looking at them and, and questions are being generated. The, the Baja 2, is that the one that is the, the, the direct replacement for the one that's in the console? No, no, that is the race version of the rail shifter, the little one. What happened was, um, right after I got going, um, a guy called me up and said, hey, I've got this Jeep Speed Desert Racer. Would your little rail shifter work in there? And I said, no, it's just that's not what you're going to want for desert racing. He goes, well, could you build me one that would work? I said, well, yeah, I suppose I <laughs> sure. could. So I did, and he's still running it. I mean, he's, I mean, I see posts every now and then where he'll post on the internet. He goes, yeah, I've still got the original prototype, and, you know, it's in my Jeep Speed and use it all the time. So that's really, it really comes down to like a, a, a trail shift controller and a race shift controller is what it really is. So so maybe I misunderstood. Is there one that you make that is a direct replacement for the, the shifter that's in the Jeep? Yeah, that's I call that the rock shifter because of the rocking back and forth feature, you know, from first to forward to reverse. So Ah, there it is. I found it. Okay. So uh yeah, see I was eyeballing that Baja too. That one looks pretty cool, but now I understand why. So how long yeah. has he been running that Baja too? Wow. Yeah. And no issues. That's great. Yeah. And that's one thing I've had. Um, the rail came out first, so I've been building those over four years now. And I've had one customer call and said that the switches were bad. And he said, it's my fault. Open top TJ. You know, it feels full of mud. I hose it out with the hose. Oh, you know, yeah. 
It's just, it sees the worst things. And I said, well, here's the cool part. And this is kind of my whole design of anything I come up with. You know, I want to make it last as long as I can, but I don't want to make it expensive if you have to repair something. For $10, you can get that baby rebuilt. And the, the parts are available locally. Radio Shack sells the little switches that I use in there, and they're like three bucks a piece. And O-rings, which you can get at any hardware store. And then you've got a brand, you know, a little soldering, you've got a brand new shifter again. That's great. That's uh, very wise uh, to so. use parts that are readily available from uh, pretty much anywhere in the country. Uh, of course, right. it, of course, it makes it easy now with the internet. You can always order. But if you if you got to have it today, it's nice to be able to drive down the street and get it. So uh, we've we've talked about the the two different controllers. Is there uh, is there anything? Um, gee, I'm trying to think. Is there anything that maybe I've missed here? Some some integral part of uh, uh, why this is a must have item. I mean, uh, I'm sold. I just have to uh, <laughs> figure out how I can slide it in here without the wife seeing it. <laughs> you know, it's it's just neat to be able to hold it in first gear, and I think that was the big thing that guys really, really was after, you know. Um, the other thing is being able to start out in any gear, you know, and, you know, up until, you know, the, before, you know, if you're in low range or you're running a doubler, you know, so many guys are running doublers now, well, you can't take off in second or third gear if you oh, want to, yeah. like trying to climb up something. So this gives you the ability to do that. I mean, they make some, you know, there's a lot of guys that, uh, have published how to the first gear holdout switch wire in thing where you have a toggle switch where you can hold it in first gear, but you know that's you know a five dollar switch. But then you still can't take off in second if you want to, and you can't take off in third or even fourth if you wanted to. So you know it's uh, it gives you a lot more features than just you know holding it in first gear. Well, and and in my situation, I have to be mindful that this vehicle may be driven by somebody else besides myself. And I don't want to have to have a, uh, a checkoff sheet, you know, a run-up sheet when you get to the uh, end of the, the taxiway before you pull out and take off and uh, all the, the checks that you have to go through. It has to be simple. It has to be intuitive. It has to be uh, available uh, intuitively for my wife or, or my girls to be able to drive. So having the ability to uh, flip a switch, and all I have to do is say, uh, if you flip this switch or if you have problems shifting, make sure the switch is off or on or whatever, then that's going to be a lot simpler than going through all these gyrations of this, these special things. So I like that aspect of it and especially like the idea of the replacement shifter, because to me, that's very intuitive because if you put it in first, that's what you're in. And if you put it in drive, that's what you're in. So the, uh, so it was the rock shifter and, and you know, and, and I misunderstood that. I thought the rock shifter had to do with rock crawling and the rock shifter is actually rocking back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really, that's where it came from. I mean, that was just kind of, you know, that's what we were doing when the thought came to my mind that we needed one, you know, for the snow wheeling and like what you had described, you know, mud's kind of the same idea. So, uh, so, so came, you know, so, so it came about, uh, I've never really, you know, where we were at, the rock crawling really wasn't a thing, but that just seems to be, you know, the natural thing that people think of is it's for rock crawlers, you know? Yeah, of course. And it's not a bad, uh, it's not a bad way of looking. Oh, I need a rock shifter because I'm into rock crawling. So <laughs> that's not a bad uh, marketing thing either. 
Yeah, I've had a couple guys tell me, he goes, well, this means I can throw it into reverse and save myself from flipping over. And I'm saying, uh, you can throw it to reverse, but I'd never tell you you're going to save yourself from flipping <laughs> over if you can do it fast, you know. Yeah, you need reaction jets. I've I've come to the conclusion that you need computer control, uh, computer controlled reaction uh, thrusters uh, on your uh, on your Jeep, so that whenever it goes past a certain point, the uh, computer knows that you're in an intimate uh, danger situation, and it corrects it for you. Yeah, <laughs> but that would take out all the fun of it, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Then we would just be along for the ride, then, wouldn't we? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I I. I Oh, I just, I hate seeing Jeep rollovers. Even if it's not my Jeep, I just hate seeing it. So, uh, so many of them, they're so pretty and so nice and so much time. And then they wind up, if it's a Cherokee, it's, it's, uh, now it's time to, to cage it because, uh, it, oh, ain't, yeah. it ain't pretty no more. Yep. Well, that's, that's fact. well, that's great. Now, is there, I know about the website. Uh, I don't know if you're on uh, Facebook, Twitter, any of that stuff. How would people uh, find out more about your product? Uh, the uh, The website is RA Designs Products. Did I say that right? I'm trying to, yeah, Designs Products. So it's both plural. RADesignsproducts.com. And uh, are you on Facebook, Twitter, et cetera? Yeah. Yep. There's a, there's an RA Designs Facebook site too. And a, and a subsite off that just for the rail shifter because that's you know really that's the the heart of the company is building building all those little guys so there's there's some pictures on there a few pictures and the the uh, re designs I I post some things up goofy things I'm working on that you know innovations that maybe never come to fruition but you can see you know kind of what I'm doing with creating new things like. Uh, I actually just put up some new pictures yesterday. I don't know if you're familiar with the art car winners type shifters. No. It's a very, very robust shifter that I've, I remember seeing them uh, like forever ago. I want to say when I was a kid, which was a long, long time ago, in the desert race truck. Well, they just released um, one for the Jeeps and Toyota, trans, that Ace and Warner transmission. Well, the problem is there's still no... There's three shift positions for four gears, so I figured out a way to put little micro switches in there so you can have four gears and with that with their shifter and I put some pictures up of all the little brackets and switches and how I kind of incorporated them in. So it's uh, hopefully it'll come into a product, but I don't know yet. It's just something I wanted to do and try on my own, and that's I guess that's the heart of all this all the products are I use them. Um, you know, I build them for me. And then I just hope there's other people that have the same interests as I do. I don't build stuff just to sell it. I build it because I need it. So. Right. Well, those, those I think, are the most successful ones because uh, I think it, as we all find out as we, uh, as we grow older, I think initially we think, well, this, this must be an original thought. Nobody else thinks like me. Nobody else wants to do things like me. And it's kind of a, a relief uh, <laughs> when you find out that other people – uh, are interested in the same things. You have this uh, camaraderie and something to talk to people about. And it's also great if you can uh, uh, not only make a product, but have people willing to uh, either spend their time listening to you blather on and on like I do on this show or uh, come to a website like we have for xjtalk.com. It's like uh, I got this idea and wow, people are joining me. So it really must be cool whenever you actually physically take time to to mold and build something and, uh, then people are willing to, to give you their hard earned money for it. So that's got to be a great pat on the back every time you sell one of those. Yeah. It feels good to think that, you know, it was something I needed and I designed it and yeah, it turns out that 
you know, I'm making them and people are using and enjoying having, having that option in their vehicles. I think it's really cool that uh, somebody uses it in uh, desert racing and, uh, you know, they, they trust you and trust your product to get them from point A to point B. Uh, and, uh, it's been doing so for years. So like I say, I don't want to pat you too much on the back, make your head too big, but that for me personally, that's what I love about this, this whole thing, uh, having people involved and, and, uh, basically getting that, uh, support, uh, direct or indirect. Uh, it's just, it just feels good to, to be part of a community. Yeah, and there was, uh, you know, the King of the Hammers race was this last weekend, and I know there's a couple customers that were involved in that, too. So, you know, it's, uh, and I, I sell them all over the world, too. It's kind of kind of unique. It's just a real unique experience to know that there's guys in just about every continent out there that are running my products in their Jeeps and Toyotas, and even a few Lexus guys are running these little rail shifters in them for their tuner cars, which is kind of a far stretch from a Jeep, but, you know, <laughs> yes. it's, it's the same transmission, so. Yeah, you know what the hell if they want to use it that's uh, and it works for them great so no i know i know what you mean i mean i i, I think of jeep jeep is is a uniquely american uh vehicle uh it was a uh, a transport vehicle uh used in, in world war ii and it, it's very american and once i started xjtalk.com i knew that there was jeeps elsewhere in the world but i didn't understand that they have a similar following to what we have here in America. And it was really cool to see people from all over the world joining the site. And, um, it just, uh, so I can, yeah, I can well imagine it's, it's, it's neat that it was in your hands, you made it. And now it's, you know, in Japan or, uh, in Germany or any of these, these other countries where these, uh, these Cherokees are, we have a member, uh, in uh, Christchurch, New Zealand that actually, um, <laughs> they get looked he gets looked down upon because he he takes a uh, a jeep cherokee off road because they look at jeep cherokees in new zealand like uh maybe we would a range rover here in the states but because uh the the cherokees are very common here they're not common in new zealand so for him to take modify one to take it off road is like blasphemy it's a very expensive vehicle why would you do that to it you know, he's since, he's since moved on to tearing up a TJ, but, uh, we still love him and give him a hard time. I'm talking of course of, uh, Wayne, uh, for our listeners. Uh, I think everybody on the site knows CanTab 27, one of our moderators on xjtalk.com. But, uh, well, I tell you what, uh, Wayne can tear up a Jeep. Yeah, he, he's probably one of the minority because from my experience, the, the Japanese vehicles seem to have a lot more dominance in the New Zealand, Australia area. So it really makes him unique to stand out with a Jeep, I'm sure, among all those guys. Yep, and it cost him a lot more, too. Uh, he recently uh, tried to kill himself with his Jeep because uh, he had it off-road, was having some shifting problems, and he got up underneath it, and it uh, it, it tried to kill him. It tried to roll over him. So he's uh, he's had some bruised ribs here for the last several weeks. But uh, oh. Yeah, I know. And uh, rookie mistake. And he was the first one to admit it. Uh, tell all your tell all your kids, he says, don't uh, never get under a Jeep. <laughs> Not off road anyway. <laughs> yep. Well, Rory, I really appreciate the, uh, the interview again on such short notice. Um, and uh, Rory actually responded to a, uh, an email that I sent out uh, to some of our uh, um, xjtalk.com members that hadn't uh, logged on to the system in a while. You know, if, you, if you're a member of several Jeep sites, you get these emails from time to time about, hey, we're missing you and uh, that type of thing. So 
I try not to do that that often because I don't want to spam anybody. But then again, I don't want uh, people to forget about uh, the, the, the website or the show. And uh, uh, Rory was kind enough to be one of the, the few that responded. And I went, oh, wow. Hey, how about an interview? I'd, uh, I'd forgotten about that cool shifter type thing. And, uh, and that was like Friday afternoon. And uh, Rory and I went back, on, back and forth on email a few times. And uh, here we are uh, right before the, uh, the live show uh, here on Sunday night doing this interview. So thank you very much. We weren't going to have an interview this week, uh, Rory. So you saved the day. Oh, great. Glad I could help out. <laughs> And uh, I'm going to have to take another look at these, uh, these shifters because I can definitely see how uh, just being able to be in first gear uh, and keep it in first gear would be very handy, uh, on any in the, even in the limited times that I go off-road. And I could also see that there would be situations uh, um, just as a daily driver where I could get off-road, and even though I have a lifted, uh, capable vehicle with uh, mud tires, I, I don't have anything locked up yet. But uh, I could still see a situation where I would need to rock back and forth, and having the ability to do that easier would really be nice. So you guys remember that if you're thinking about, I'm not uh, any big-time off-road uh, wheeler, why would I need this shifter? It, uh, it might help you in more ways than what you, uh, what you think. And that's the, the rock shifter, which is the, the one I'm looking at. And uh, so you can uh, jump over to RA Design uh, Products radesignsproducts.com and uh, have a look at the rock shifter. Of course, I guess the, the rail shifter too would work out just fine. Uh, you would just need to put in a switch so you could uh, uh, switch in or switch out the uh, transmission control module. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Excellent. Yeah, And just like I said, was saying earlier, the installation documents are there, so it kind of gives you, you can review what you're getting yourself into before you get this in your hands and open it up and think that you can't do it and um, guys ask how tough it is, and I kind of compare it to wiring in a set of KCs. You know, I mean, everybody's, you know, wiring in a, you know, there's no relay, but wiring in relays and wires back and forth, you know, it's a, it's a challenge, but it's not impossible. And so far, everybody's been able to do it. I have an anybody call up and say, I can't do it. I absolutely can't do it. I got to send it back. So, so we're, we're at 100% success rate from what I understand right now. I would think the installation on this time has to be uh, an hour or less, wouldn't it? Yeah, we, we actually kind of timed one. Uh, uh, one of the few local guys when I lived in Washington came down, and uh, when we put, actually it was the first OBD2 Cherokee because the dash and consoles are a little different in them that uh, I built a, the rock shifter for. So we did a rock and a rail, and it really didn't take an hour, I don't think, to put, to put them both in there. So uh, it was a pretty straightforward. It doesn't take long to take your console out, and four bolts hold your shifter in. So it, that part of it's pretty simple. And, and the, the, all the wires that you connect to, uh, they're right there under the dash where the TCM is, correct? Yeah, they're either on uh, the newer OBD2s or underneath the steering column, and the older ones are underneath the glove box. Kind of a side note, um, it will throw a code on the newer OBD2s when you use it. Uh, so, you know, the guys with vehicle inspections, I kind of warn, warn them about that, and, you know, that uh, either have to have a code resetter or... Um, turn the key on and off multiple times to get the computer to reset so your your light goes off so well, most of the guys seem to be pretty content with you know that some guys have tried to work around it but i haven't heard of any success stories yet so 
Well, I mean, it clears itself though, doesn't it? Whenever you, uh, if you, if you're just doing normal driving, it'll, uh, it clears the, the code will clear itself over, um, uh, I don't know, however many cycles, uh, won't it? Yeah, that's exactly it. And it doesn't affect the way your vehicle runs. It's just that your check engine light comes on telling you, Hey, there was something weird with your transmission solenoids. You better look into it, you know? So but, <laughs> yeah. uh, it does correct itself. I, yeah. I've lost control and I don't like it. Yeah. I, I got you. It's, uh, but uh, we have uh, we actually have a postable on xjtalk.com for uh, 25 bucks. You can get one of those little OBD2 uh, tra- uh, 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 Bluetooth nubs that you can stick on the port. And uh, for $1.99, you can get uh, Torque, uh, an application for Android and iPhone. And, uh, you know, and then uh, 30 seconds later, your check engine uh, light is out and all the codes are cleared. And then... Yeah. I usually have to. I usually have to drive about five miles uh, before uh, I go to get it inspected. Uh, you know, I've heard the seventy-five miles and the fifty-mile thing, and I've never had that situation. I, I literally will clear a code, drive five miles, and have it inspected. And uh, as long as the check engine light didn't come back on in those five miles, they they always pass it. So uh, I don't know. Either the, it's the right place. Either I have a special place I go to, or it. It passes enough of the uh, internal tests so that doesn't throw any red flags for them. Yeah, I don't, I'm you know not ever living in a state where that was required. I don't know all the idiosyncrasies of the inspections, and I think all the states are different. I hear some guys say that if it passes, there's no check engine light, and it passes the the sensors for the exhaust, you're good to go. Then I heard somebody else say that they pl- actually plug something in to see if you've had any codes recently. So you know, I, I can only guess. Yeah, in Texas, if it's an OBD2 uh, 96 or, or newer vehicle, uh, they uh, they definitely plug into the, the diagnostic port, the OBD2 port, and uh, read codes and stuff. But uh, like I said, um, I hadn't had any problems. But that's Texas, and that's uh, in Harris County, uh, southeast Texas. So like you say, it just really depends on where. Uh, oh, that's an interesting question. Uh, maybe I already read this. Are these things legal in California? Yeah. Uh, a lot of guys, that's probably, honestly, that is the biggest customer basis I sell them to California. So how they get around it, I don't know. You know, the older ones, it's not an issue because it doesn't throw a code. And, uh, but yeah, there's, there's, you know, like I said, the, you know, I went back about a year ago and kind of looked to see where I sold them. And it was, ironically, it was California, Colorado, and Edmonton. <laughs> that's interesting. I'm surprised yeah, you don't so have more Texas customers. Yeah, it's just, you know, that was that was the big players. There were those three, you know, so, but, you, you know, it, it, I don't know if that's, that's kind of the metropolis of the off-roading anyway, I think. Yeah, so. yeah, you're probably right. There's a lot of sun, a lot of places to go off-road. I just wish the uh, uh, the politics and the taxes weren't so high. Uh, well, the, the politics aren't high, but they're uh, uh, disturbing in, uh, in California, but uh, there's yeah. a lot of people out there, so. To each well, I think their the big own. thing is public land. You know, like where I live in Wisconsin here, there really isn't any compared to what there was out in Washington, Oregon, you know, Idaho. Um, I don't know how Texas is, but, you know, Colorado has a lot of national forests with trails in them. So same with, you know, Arizona and California. There's a lot of places to go. So Yeah, that's true. That is very true. That would be nice. I remember we took a, a trip uh, right after I had lifted the, the Jeep. We took a trip and... Uh, uh, I'm not beyond just taking off into a field or off into the woods. And we went out towards uh, West Texas. We were actually looking for fossils because I remember going deer hunting and seeing just fossils everywhere. And I wanted to uh, show my daughters. And uh, we drove around and drove around, and I couldn't find 
a fossil to, to save my life. But the thing that, that I noticed was fences everywhere. There might be a population of three in that county, but it's all fenced. It was just yeah. very disturbing to see because my vision of Texas wasn't that. I've, I've, I'm from Texas. I've, I was born here. I've lived my entire life in southeast Texas and haven't traveled a lot uh, inside of Texas uh, a few times, but it, it, I never remember seeing so much of it fenced like that. Beautiful country, all fenced. And, and to me, that's not, um, that's not what Texas is about. It's more, it's more open is, what I, is the way I felt about it prior to seeing all this, but uh, oh well. Oh, I know what you mean. There, it's changed a lot just where I grew up in my lifetime, too. So it's just, it's inevitable. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, land ownership. And I probably wouldn't like anybody tearing up my land uh, with vehicles either, but uh, uh, it sure would be nice if there was more places for us to, to go off-road. It sure is a lot of fun, even if it's just ride, riding the trails. Well, Rory, I really appreciate it again. And uh, once again, you can uh, jump over to RA Designs products.com and look at these uh, shifters and these uh, kits that allow you to uh, take your uh, Jeep uh, automatic transmission and put it in a gear and uh, decide, damn it, what gear you want it in and not have the computer do it for you. And uh, keep in mind that these uh, uh, products are also uh, available for the Toyotas and Nissans that have the, uh, the same transmission. Uh, and uh, Rory, uh, you said you're on Facebook, RA Designs, uh, any Twitter no, you know, i not quite that technologically advanced. Uh, I, I signed up for an account, but I never really followed through with doing anything. So, uh, And, you know, media takes a lot of time. It does. You know? So uh, I, I just kind of try to keep the Facebook and the website up going on. The Facebook is like the kind of the current updates on what's going on. And, you know, the website, try to get current with current products. And there is a little notebook on my website. If you want to ask a question, you can, too. And I try to check that every day you know to get back to people but uh, you know email you know i'm like really accessible i'll you know email you get you back the same day you know I, you don't have to wait for me to respond to emails so right I, I, I try to be number one in customer service just you know and tell you if, if it's what you want or not what you want i mean i'll definitely tell people no it won't work if i don't think it's the right application because i'm not afraid to I'm not afraid to turn you away if i think you'll be unhappy right and uh, uh, this is really more of a hobby for you anyway, so it's important to you for the people to have the, the right product for the, the right application. So uh, that's wonderful. And uh, so uh, you're not on Google Plus either? Uh, no, I'm not. You know, and I, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I just want to make sure. No, no, you know, and I forgot all about that. That's something that's really new. And um, like you said, this is kind of a hobby. It's, it's my night, weeknight, weekend job. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, where I work as a product developer, um, we just started Google Plus, and uh, that's something new for us there. So I haven't really researched it for me, and, you know, trying to get something set up there. But that, that's a great idea. Yeah, Google <laughs> Google Plus is a real pain in the ass because they do not have, they do not allow any apps, automatic apps, so that you can have automatic posts. Like, for example, on xjtalk.com, whenever there's a, a post, uh well, I have this thing set up so that every 30 minutes it will take the, the most current three posts, the last three posts on the site, and it will automatically put them on uh, Facebook and Twitter. But, oh, neat. Yeah, but that they do, Google Plus or Google does not have an interface for that. 
So anything that's up on Google Plus has to have been done manually. Now, there may be somebody has written something that, that allows that, but, but Google Plus doesn't have an interface for that yet, a legal interface. So uh, we've actually been helped out with a couple of XJ Talk members that were uh, uh, willing to jump in and, and, and volunteer their time to post up on Google Plus for us. So it's a very manual thing. So uh, I think that's why one of the reasons why there's not as much activity on Google Plus as there is, say, on, on Facebook and Twitter. So uh, I, I'm hoping that they will do something uh, different in the future uh, to, to allow automatic posting. I know that, that puts a lot of trash, potential trash out there, but also too, uh, it generates a lot of traffic and I think a lot more interest for people being there. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, anyway, thanks again. And, uh, we, uh, we hope to, uh, see you more on the site. So thank you very much again. And, uh, we hope to, uh, hope to get you on the show again real soon. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed the uh, show tonight. And, uh, thank you again, Steve, uh, 4.3 LXJ from xjtalk.com for doing our Jeep tip segment. Thank you a lot uh, to Rory. Uh, last minute uh, interview save, if you will, uh, from radesignsproducts.com. Remember, he's the guy that has the shifter controller. Allows you to make your AW4 transmission act like a manual transmission, which kind of sounds counterintuitive until your brakes get soft and you need to slow down with something by some other means other than the brakes <laughs> or dragging yeah. your feet. <laughs> Yeah, big thanks to Rory for doing that. Another great interview, Tony. Good job on that. And yeah, thanks again, Steve. That's another awesome Jeep tip. Glad to have you on board and doing those regularly. Yep, and uh, Josh has promised to give us some more electrical and audio tip uh, segments coming up. And uh, Josh, uh, how can they the, the, the folks uh, get to you on the electrical and audio uh, tips if they have any ideas? Well, folks, you got two uh, two ways to do it. You can, uh, if you got something for electrical and audio tip segment, uh, you got a question, concern, something, or even an idea, shoot us a voicemail at the 530-675-4102-247 voicemail line. That's 530-675-4102. Or shoot us an email uh, to uh, newstips at xjtalk.com. That's N-E-W-S-T-I-P-S at xjtalk.com. And just put in electrical and audio tips in the subject line. Yep, yep. And, uh, well, uh, we'll have to see what happens next week. Uh, hopefully we'll have some uh, interesting and wonderful stuff like we normally do. I, I guess that's a guarantee, Josh. I mean, how could we not be interesting and uh, informative? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, guys, have a great week, and uh, we'll, we'll see you again. Don't forget the live show, Sunday, 10 p.m. on uh, ustream.tv slash channel slash xjtalk. I wish I could put about three more three or four more slashes in there josh yeah folks love for you guys to spread the word tell everybody you know about the xj talk show wanted to tell you about xjtalk.com. It's a great site. There's no bashing. Everybody's nice and friendly. Great place to be. Be sure to friend xjtalk on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and add us to your circles on Google+. Join the xjtalk.com community and check out our sister site, wranglertalk.com.
Hey folks, you heard recently about how I needed some extra parts for the Jeep for a quick repair, and a local salvage yard was really there to help me out. It was 205 Auto Salvage. They've been there for me in the past, and I look forward to them being there for me in the future. If you'd like to get the same kind of customer service I did, be sure to give them a call. And when you do, make sure you mention the XJ Talk Show for a 10% discount. That's right folks, 10% off of anything you buy at 205 Auto Salvage. You just gotta mention, you heard it here on the XJ Talk Show. 205 Auto Salvage. 503-256-3232 or go to www.205autosalvage.com. The XJ Talk Show is now available on iTunes. Subscribe and leave a review. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating. XJTalk.com. It's where you go when you're not off-road.